Welcome to the Azure Security Podcast, where we discuss topics relating to security, privacy, reliability, and compliance on the Microsoft Cloud Platform. Welcome to episode number 10. We have a full house this week. We also have a special guest, Tally Ash, who will talk to us about Microsoft threat protection. But before that, let's get stuck into the news. Sarah, what we got? First thing I want to talk about is topical and at the time we're recording this, and it's very local to me. Um, Over the last 10 days or so, there's a number of New Zealand organizations that have been coming under um, quite a nasty DDoS attack. So um, the New Zealand Stock Exchange had to stop trading for a few days. um, And that's still, um, it still hasn't been fully resolved as of uh, the time we're recording this. And of course, it's a very big deal down here if you're in New Zealand and if you work for any of the organizations that have been impacted. But I think this is a really great reminder for everybody to go and, have a look at their DDoS capabilities uh, and what you have and what your service provider gives you because DDoS attacks, you know, I think it's something that everybody is familiar with. Um, it, it's something that happens relatively frequently, but it's it's it really can have some quite nasty effects on business and you know, um, the the capabilities of uh, these attackers to increase the volume um, of uh, and the sophistication of these attacks is always growing. So uh, I just wanted to mention that one, that um, if you haven't reviewed your DDoS uh, and, and capability recently, it's worth looking at. And of course, you should make sure that everything that's external facing does have DDoS protection. And so it's worth throwing in there that you can... Um, The Azure platform, of course, has plenty of DDoS protection, but we do also have um, something called Azure DDoS Standard, which is uh, a more advanced capability that's tuned to your endpoints. And so that's worth checking out if if you find that you're a little bit lacking in the DDoS capability area. So that's my first one that I wanted to talk about. Secondly, we're now putting an uh, ingestion volume rate limit into log analytics. Now, this was already in place for the wider Azure Monitor platform, but we're now doing it within log analytics. Um, so the limit is enforced on compressed data at uh, about six gigabytes a minute uncompressed. Now, the reason we're doing this, because you might say, well, that sounds a little bit counterproductive. The the reason we're doing this, of course, is to balance our resources uh, uh, across all of our customers. And we have to put these limits in to protect customers from maybe one customer would have a huge ingestion spike, and that could affect other customers who were also using the wider log analytics platform. So essentially, though, nothing to worry about. So uh, although we will be enforcing a limit at six gig a minute um, uncompressed if you are uh, you will start getting alerts if you start to reach about 80 percent of that going forward and if you do need to increase your um, ingestion volume to more than six gig a minute then you'll need to open a support request so it's not that we won't allow it entirely it's just that we need to be able to plan for it again to keep the platform running for all of our customers. So that's one just to be mindful of. And that's my news done. So I think I'll hand it over to Mark. So yeah, a couple of things uh, caught my eye this week. Thank you, Sarah. One is 
Um, well, one was one that I actually uh, presented, which is uh, I did a recording of the open group um, Zero Trust Core Principles. Um, and so that recording is out on YouTube. So uh, we'll post that link in the show notes. Um, and a couple of interesting things kind of uh, came of that. The first is that these are the near final ones. The, uh, the final ones are going through the, the approval process right now. And so that was sort of one of the things there is that, you know, these are almost final there. and we, we found simpler ways to express them with axioms. And so that'll be out in the next couple of weeks, possibly by the time you hear this. And then the, the, the thing that was actually kind of cool as part of this project was that we got a really crisp, concise view of kind of what security is if you're kind of looking at it from the CISO down view. And it really can be pretty simple if you break it down in a certain way. And, and this really breaks down to sort of access control, which is how most people think about you know, security is like the right people have the right access to the right resources and they're trustworthy, et cetera, kind of getting the zero trust kind of thing there. And then the asset protection. So are you doing special stuff to kind of take care of the out of band things like, you know, data in transit, data at rest, et cetera. And then, you know, what we're what I kind of casually refer to sometimes as a visibility sandwich of, you know, sort of the in the moment um, something's happening, you know, sort of security operations or SOC uh, view of the world. But then sort of the, the long view, the, the the longer term governance piece where, hey, are we keeping are we actually looking at and finding all the right assets? Are we are we actually sliding backwards in terms of security posture? Or are we continuing to move forward with it? And, you know, and all the things related to that. And so really, you know, it was, we have this nice, simple view of security from, from that sort of four different perspectives, access, um, assets, governance, and, and security operations. And the second thing, um, this was more of sort of a, a realization. So we're working on the Azure Security Benchmarks. So the, the version two of it will be out um, sometime soon. I uh, can't promise a date quite yet. Um, as we were working on this, we we're essentially merging the Azure Security Compass material, um, what was known as the Azure Security Compass, um, with the Azure Security Benchmarks and really trying to get really crisp, clear, you know, best practices, you know, single source for Azure. And the, the thing that we found in the uh, information uh, protection space um, that we were working on this, uh, this past week is, you know, really around kind of how closely related information protection and encryption and access control really are. And the way that we ended up structuring that that section um, was, was kind of interesting, which is we kind of divide it into in-band and out-of-band. So in-band is your traditional access control. This is the path people should take, and we've got permissions, access control lists, all that kind of good stuff there. Um, but then there's the out-of-band, and that's really where everybody likes to talk about data rest, data and transit. And the reality is, is those are really, really good for out-of-band access for, hey, someone got access to the disk without going through the access controls. Uh, someone got access because they're going over an open network to the raw packets. And so really that's where encryption's role becomes very strong. Now encryption is also part of how access controls are enforced usefully, but really their role is to protect against those unexpected paths. And so it's kind of an interesting way that um, set of realizations as we discussed this and structured it. And so we'll be seeing that as, uh, as we come out with the uh, uh, with the um, updated version of the Azure Security Benchmarks. So, Michael, uh, on over to you. A few things uh, piqued my interest this week. Uh, the first one uh, was an issue in Azure Sphere. So, Azure Sphere is uh, basically a hardware solution that's used in IoT devices. Think of it as a mini TPM, a, a trusted platform module, so you can store keys in there and it's kind of a root of trust. Uh, we issued a a critical vulnerability just recently in this. So the build is going to be build 20.08. If you're using Azure Sphere, you really need to take this update. And the reason is there's a vulnerability fixed in there in Wolf SSL. 
So Wolf SSL is an open source uh, TLS library uh, that's mainly used for IoT devices. Um, I actually have played with uh, I played with Wolf SSL on Arduinos. If you're familiar with Arduino devices, uh, works really really nicely. But there's a really critical vulnerability that they just fixed. Uh, for those of you who are interested, it is CVE 2020 24613. Um, again, I'll 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 add uh, the links to the notes. But the vulnerability essentially allows a attacker to impersonate a TLS 1.3 server, which is pretty catastrophic. So this is a critical vulnerability. Uh, please do make sure that you apply the patch. The next one is in Azure Data Lake Storage Gen 2 Access Control Lists. We support POSIX 1003.1 ACLs, Access Control Lists, in Azure Data Lake Storage Gen 2. But the thing is, when you made a change to an ACL, it would only so appear on that object. Um, so for example, if you applied an ACL to a folder, it would only appear on that folder. Well, now you can inherit uh, or do a recursive uh, ACL sort of roll down through to objects below that folder if you wish. So that's available now in public preview. Another one is uh, in GitHub. Uh, GitHub has this uh, notion of things called actions, and you can now do an Azure policy compliance scan inside of a GitHub workflow. So that's also in public preview. Uh, this is really fantastic because as people are checking code in uh, into GitHub, you can see how the code may be affected by Azure, the Azure policies that you're actually using. Um, so I'm a huge fan of that particular uh, that particular uh, update. The next one is one that the funny thing about this is that I was working with a customer just recently. They actually ran into this problem, which is actually fixed by this scenario. So Azure Key Vault now has uh, event grid integration and you can in your code you can register for events uh, that are coming out of key vault so for example let's say a key is going to expire in say 30 days just as an example let's say your, let's say your application is using that key then you'll you can get notification that the key is going to expire in 30 days so that way when or even when the key changes you can get that notification as well so now you can change so let's say you get notified that a, a key has changed you can now go and reach in and pull out the new key, you know, access control aside. Uh, this is a feature that a lot of customers have been asking for, um, and that is in preview as well. So that's really great to see that. I, I think that solves some really serious customer, you know, customer pain points, uh, especially when customers who are rolling keys on a regular basis. So yeah, we'll have uh, notes for all of these uh, in the show notes uh, when we're done. Um, Gladys, over to you. Thank you, Michael. For the first new, I wanted to uh, mention that now there are three Ninja uh, training available. Um, previously, I had mentioned about Sentinel uh, Ninja training. Now that we have Defender ATP and Azure Security Center. So these courses start from basic all the way to advanced courses. So I'm excited uh, about these courses. The next news that I wanted to mention is about the upcoming billing changes uh, to Azure Bastion. These services are uh, deployed across uh, several data centers, including government, so billing options are being extended. I, I recently started playing with this service, so I'm, I'm not that familiar with it, uh, but what I have learned is that this service is a past service that provides um, secure RDP and SSH um, access. Um, so, in other words, uh, there are few options um, uh, to configure RDP for Azure VMs. 
Number one, you pro uh, provide a public IP uh, uh, to the VM and expose it out, but there's some um, uh, port scanning and other threats uh, that uh, may affect it. Uh, number two, you could use um, Azure Security Center with just-in-time and only expose the public IP when you need it, uh, but there's still some poor scanning uh, risk and other risks. Number three, you could use a jump server and expose only the um, IP of the jump server, but again, there's other risk in, in, in here. So uh, here, the Bastion service allows, uh, which is maintained by Microsoft and, and Harden, allows you to connect directly from the Azure portal. So now you don't have to expose that uh, external IP and you're being authenticated and, and uh, you could have MFA, conditional access, or, or zero trust verification before the attempt access. Guys, do you know a little bit uh, more about um, Azure Bastion that you could add? One of the things that um, we're, we're actually really looking forward to using it in our, um, our, our privilege access workstation architecture, um, where we uh, essentially, as we're transferring from sort of you know on-premise domain joined or or you know dedicated admin forest in the extreme case, to the cloud-based architecture where the the workstation is is managed and secured by the cloud for the admins, um, that we really need a way to not only manage the cloud resources but also be able to do kind of the reach back to the the legacy on-prem resources in IaaS and on-premises, and so um, we're actually looking at using Azure Bastion to help with that. Um, it's not the only option in it, probably a couple choices in the architecture. We're still working through that, but it's it's definitely a great secure option for providing that secure um, uh, secure administration of the legacy resources. Well, thanks everyone for the news. Let's switch tacks now and uh, go over to our guest, Taliash, who's a product manager for Microsoft Threat Protection with Microsoft in Israel. Uh, Tali, hey, give us a give us a quick background on yourself. What do you do? What do you do for Microsoft? How long you've been with the company? Hello, and uh, thank you for having me in this uh, podcast. I've been in Microsoft for almost uh, three years. I started as a product manager in a Azure Advanced Threat Protection Product, or Azure ATP. I've been there for more than uh, two years. I was the detection PM, a product manager in charge of the security of Azure ATP and the investigation experience we provide customers. And uh, six months ago, I uh, switched teams and joined the Microsoft Threat Protection uh, or MTP product team. And today I'm leading the advanced hunting uh, experience in uh, Microsoft Threat Protection. Hi, Tali. Uh, can you give us a quick elevator pitch about Microsoft Threat Protection and how it relates to the rest of the threat protection products? Yes, uh, so Microsoft Threat Protection is an integrated cross-domain uh, threat detection and response solution. It natively coordinates detection, prevention, investigation, and response across uh, endpoints, identities, emails, and cloud application. It's actually a solution that is built on top of the security services Microsoft offers. It includes Microsoft uh, Defender ATP, which covers the endpoints domain, um, Office ATP, which covers the emails and collaboration domain, Azure ATP and Azure AD Identity Protection, which covers the identities domains, both on-premise and, uh, and in the cloud, and Cloud App Security, which covers the cloud uh, 
cloud application uh, domains. Um, the Microsoft Threat Protection is eventually an experience your security operation uh, analysts can uh, work on. Until uh, a year back, we have these different uh, security services that I just mentioned. Each security services has its own uh, portal that your uh, SOC analyst can use to investigate, respond, and hunt over threats in this specific domain. And as we know, it's a lot of work. And at the end, attacks are not, uh, are not limited to a single domain. So we came up with uh, Microsoft Threat Protection, which is our uh, Better Together solution. This is a, a unique experience where you can see all the different signals and data collected from these different uh, services in one place. Uh, it includes unified uh, incidents queue. You can see all the different security alert signals raised by the different uh, security solutions in one place. And we are doing smart correlations. We uh, we are collecting the data from all the products and we know how to correlate the different signals into the same incident or story that describe a specific attack. Uh, in addition to that, we have uh, automatic and investigation response capabilities on top of the different uh, assets and, and domains and also unified hunting experience that uh, you can use in a uh, Microsoft Threat Protection. So right there, you have mentioned some of the benefits for the Security Operations Center or SOC, uh, but um, could you explain how it's different? Uh, can you talk a little bit about the incident queue? Yes, uh, of course. So in NTP, we offer a unified incident queue. It, uh, it is built of the different security alerts collected by the different uh, services and we correlate them into uh, what we call incident. An incident is representation of a specific attack that all alerts involved in this attack are part of the same story. For example, we have different uh, faces of the attack, which is uh, the known uh, attack kill chain. Most of the time it starts from the discovery phase going to, um, to, to reconnaissance, uh, Credential theft, lateral movement, a persistent exfiltration. I think uh, I covered all of them. Uh, and the different products have coverage for the different uh, attack engine phases in their own domain. So discovery or, uh, or the initial access, most uh, popular uh, vector is uh, through phishing uh, campaigns, phishing emails. And this one of its uh, ATP uh, covers then uh, the in the credential uh, access phase most of the time the attacker will try to get access into the network they will try to get credential of someone in the organization so they can uh, get into uh, the different assets this uh, account is using and have initial access into the organization this phase uh, different products covered in different domains whether it's on the endpoint whether it's uh, through azure id or the on-premise directory and let's assume you will have one alert coming from Office ATP of a suspicious uh, or malicious even phishing uh, campaign or phishing email against your organization. You have one alert in Office ATP. Then uh, during the credential access uh, where, where the attacker is trying to get access into the environment, they're using brute force. And then, for example, Azure ATP raises an alert on that, you have another alert. In MTP, we know to correlate these two 
different alerts that happens in two different domains. One is in the email and collaboration, one is in the identity domain came from different uh, services, but we have uh, the ability to know, to learn both of them, we understand they are related and we provide you an incident that consists of these two alerts and more that we'll find later. Um, so appear in the same incident and you get the full, uh, full story. Uh, I think that today, one of the most challenging thing that uh, security analysts uh, need to, to face with is the amount of alerts. In, uh, in each product, there are so many different security products. Each security product trace many, many alerts, and then uh, human eyes needs to monitor that. And in MTP, using the unified uh, incidents queue, we are trying to help them. We're trying to build them better st uh, story, better frames, so they will understand the connection between alerts, and they will have a more uh, convenient place and one, uh, one single pane of glass to, to look at uh, when they're starting their investigation. So Tali, can you dive into more detail about threat hunting? I mean, I know a little bit about it, but I'll be honest with you, my my expertise with it is is minimal. So yeah, if you'd explain threat hunting with advanced threat hunting in MTP. The advanced hunting is the platform you can use in MTP to do threat hunting on top of the different uh, data Microsoft uh, collects in in the different domains we just discussed. There are two main scenarios for threat hunting. Uh, the first one is when you would like to proactively hunt for threats. Uh, we know there are the alerts uh, that triggered by the different security products, but each organization at the end has its own scenarios, its own threats that they would like to protect against because they are part of a specific sector, for example, or we are in a specific period of time like the COVID-19 that generated specific attacks that, uh, that you would like to, to make sure that you know if they uh, get to your organization. So you would like to proactively hunt for them. And in proactively hunting, you're using the raw data, the different uh, data collected by the security products on your organization, on the different uh, assets, on endpoints, on uh, identities, on emails, transactions, and so on. And you're, and you're trying to find the, the unknown facts and make sure you are finding by yourself the suspicious uh, activities. So this is the first scenario of a threat uh, hunting. The second most common scenario for threat hunting is when you would like to hunt as part of an ongoing investigation. An alert was triggered and in, uh, or an incident uh, started, you are investigating it and you would like to learn more about what is happening, about the alerts that were triggered, about the different uh, entities that are involved in the alert and you can enrich your investigation in advance uh, in advanced hunting by doing threat hunting you can find more information or related activities to the same incident or you can learn more about uh, the activities the different entities generated for example if there is a specific device involved or user involved in the incident and you would like to see what other activities they did or just get a, a picture or status about those entities, you can 
uh, hunt for that on top of the raw data. I noticed that in July and August this year, there was a series of four webcasts about advanced hunting using Microsoft Threat Protection. Uh, they were part of the security community. Uh, we'll provide the links um, in the show notes, but could you provide some highlights about what things were talked about in those, uh, in those discussions? In July and August, we had the webcast series of uh, tracking the adversary. The advanced hunting platform in Microsoft Threat Protection is based on top of Custoc query language. We store all the different raw data collected by the different products in Custoc clusters. So the way you can hunt, hunt on top of the data is using Custoc query language or in short KQL. And it's very similar to SQL if uh, some of you are familiar uh, with it. It's eventually a database provided by Microsoft and KQL is a language that enables you to do eventually any query you would like on top of the data. Every query that comes to your mind and you would like to, to run it, to search for it, uh, to <laughs> you can just do everything with KQL. Um, however, you need to know KQL and you need to be familiar with its different functionalities and operators. And also in advanced hunting specifically, we have some different features and we wanted to make sure uh, everyone is aware of it so they can uh, enjoy the hunting experience we provide in MTP. Therefore, we built this uh, webcast series to, to help customers uh, get onboarded to hunting in MTP. This webcast is for everyone. Even if you don't have any knowledge of KQL or hunting, you can uh, watch it. It includes uh, four episodes, and the first episode is super, super basic. Uh, we cover the basics of uh, advanced hunting uh, capabilities and also basic uh, KQL syntax and operator. Uh, this is the episode one of KQL Fundamentals. In the second episodes, we get more advanced. We cover uh, the join operator, which is a super um, strong operator in KQL. And it's also super valuable in hunting because as we already understand, the power of hunting in MTP is that you have one place to hunt over the data of endpoint identities, emails. You don't need to go to different portals to, to hunt for those. You have unified hunting experience and the join operators provide you the ability to hunt on this specific uh, data. And the, the third episode, we're getting even more advanced with more advanced operators of uh, summarizing and pivoting. And we demonstrate how you can visualize the data so sometimes it is more convenient. It can help you generate some, some reports. And in the last episode, uh, we are hunting together. Uh, and while we're hunting together, we demonstrate uh, different features you can use to make your hunting experience uh, easier. One of the, the uh, features we demonstrate is the ability to create custom detection rules on top of the raw data. Many times it can be super valuable if you are proactively hunting for a threat and then you find common suspicious behavior. You would like to make sure uh, you will get alerted next time you will see it in the organization. You can use the feature of custom detection rules to 
make your query a security alert. So you can just get alerts on top of this specific query that uh, you discover the, using it the suspicious activity. And uh, I warmly recommend to everyone to, to watch this series. If you already know KQL, you can start from the more advanced episodes. There are some really, really good stuff over there. This is awesome. So MTP correlates all the information together. Um, it, it does uh, automatic an analysis and provide a lot of uh, custom focus uh, information to the analyst. But uh, with this, you're saying that they have access to the raw data, correct? Yes, that's correct. Uh, in MTP, what we do, we're getting the raw data collected by the different products and we are sharing it with the customers uh, in a different uh, custod tables. So for example, all the raw data collected by Microsoft Defender ATP on your endpoints will be in a, in a section of device tables and all of the tables related for raw data collected on the device will start with the prefix device. So it is very clear what is the domain this specific table covers and from where this raw data was collected. So advanced hunting uh, is using a schema reference in order to uh, provide this information. Uh, what type of information is provided within the reference? Using the schema reference feature, you can better understand what data we expose. As the different products are uh, collecting data. We expose this data in advanced hunting. We are talking on many, many different activities and different event types uh, we monitor and expose. And the first question you're asking yourself when you're coming to hunt is what data I have. And I am looking for this specific data where I can find it. Uh, for those questions, we we build the schema reference. It gives you documentation in the portal of each table. Uh, per each table, you can see what uh, what information you can find in it. You have a briefly a briefly description of the table. You have the schema of the table, all the columns and description, what each column uh, provides, and the list of action types which are the different e events that are logged into this table. So it is a great feature you can use if you would like to start exploring the different data and understand what raw data we share. Uh, you can use the schema reference to quickly understand it. Yeah, I, I love the fact that we've got, you know, this sort of overarching tool that most people can use. But for those people who want to sort of dive in and really get stuck into perhaps stuff that you know, the team may not have thought about it or something that's specific to their environment. I just love the the fact that, you know, that raw data is available and then you can query it through, um, you know, custo query language. That's, that's just awesome. I, I do have one question. I mean, Microsoft Threat Protection with Sentinel, this is where I start to get a little bit confused. So what's the difference here? You know, do they work together? Can you explain that? The main difference between uh, MTP and Sentinel is that, Sentinel is a, is a SIM. Sentinel is the Microsoft new generation SIM, and it, you can connect to it 
every data you would like, not only Microsoft data. If you have a security product of third party, uh, you can connect this data to Sentinel as well. And MTP focus is on the data we collect by the different Microsoft security solutions. So all the information in MTP, all the raw data and all the security alerts are uh, collected by Microsoft uh, Microsoft services. We we do have a plan to, to do an alignment between Sentinel and uh, MTP for the Microsoft data, because at the end, both uh, products generate incidents and expose the hunting experience. So we would like to make sure that at least we, we have an alignment on how we display incidents and raw data of Microsoft collected data. MTP is the place for you to enjoy the, the enrichments, I can say, all the enrichments we are doing on Microsoft data. But if you would like to correlate this Microsoft data with third-party data, this is where you will pivot to Sentinel and you can do this correlation with third-party data as well. Yeah, thanks. I think that really helped. Um, and I think it's really important that, you know, when people are looking at the Microsoft suites of security products, that they do understand the differences between our threat protection products and Sentinel and Azure Security Center. And, you know, some of these tools are sources, some of them are sinks, and, uh, you know, choosing the, uh, the, appropriate, the appropriate technologies to help secure their environment. If you had one item you would like everyone to know, or be aware, what would it be? I think that first it will be that you can access the MTP experience uh, by going to security.microsoft.com. And in order to have this experience enabled, you, no, you don't need to have all the different advanced protection services that I mentioned in the beginning. It is enough for you to have only one service enabled. For example, you have only Microsoft Defender ATP, you can use it in order to, to use the MTP experience. So you don't need to have the entire Microsoft security suit to, to have the MTP experience enabled for you. Well, Tally, thanks so much for joining us this week. I certainly learned a, a bunch of new things. And with that, hey, let's bring this episode to a close. Thanks for listening. We hope you found this useful. Stay safe and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Azure Security Podcast. You can find show notes and other resources at our website, azsecuritypodcast.net. If you have any questions, please find us on Twitter at Azure SecPod. Background music is from ccmixter.com and licensed under the Creative Commons license. <laughs>